You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I am Gene Sharp. Uh, our ministry is called Independent Baptist Media. It's our privilege to be helping out with your sound system. We do radio, audio, video for local churches and missionaries around the world. And uh, we're having a good time over there making a mess and, uh, you know, bothering pastor about this decision, that decision, things like that. So pray for him. Every time we're in town, it seems like he has to spend more money and he gets more gray hair and all that stuff. So, uh, but we're praying to uh, trying to get our part of it done as soon as possible so you guys can have a great grand opening in the month of January. So. Praise the Lord. It's, it's great to be a part of some organization like a local church that's doing some growing, isn't it? And uh, trending in the right direction. And uh, in life isn't always that way in every area, but when it happens, you've got to thank the Lord for the mountains, thank the Lord for the good trajectory. Um, so praise the Lord for that. I'm joined, my wife is here tonight, Tara, and Wilson's in the nursery, probably giving everybody a hard time because I think he's hungry. And he gets really irritable when he gets hungry, kind of like his dad. But um, uh, also, uh, some other family members will be joining us later in the week, but um, we'll look into the Word of God. I, I had, I had um, the privilege this year to spend some time with a church in Ohio. They did what's called a Bethlehem Experience, and it was a great, uh, a great effort on their part. And you know, sometimes when churches kind of do a little effort to try and display what the, what the, uh, the birth of Christ is all about, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to go to Target and grab a couple bathrobes, and uh, these guys are going to walk around with towels around their heads, and they're going to be shepherds. And... Uh, but this, I kind of was kind of expecting that, helping them out this year with some of the audio-video part of it. But um, when we got there, just pleasantly surprised, they really depicted in very accurate terms the, uh, the story of Christmas. And they started with the prophets, and they started with Mary talking uh, to the Lord and, and as the angel appeared to her. And went through the entire thing, including the death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, just really encouraged by that, that a church would, would do that and go to all this expense and effort and involved a lot of people in the church. Uh, and then after they saw the gospel illustrated for about 40 minutes, they were presented with a very straightforward and simplistic sermon right after the resurrection and uh, for about 12, 15 minutes. And then they were given the gospel in a very nice <laughs> gift as they left. So it's a great way to get the gospel out in three unique ways to an audience who needed to hear it and wanted to hear it. They signed up to come. And uh, this year, almost 3,000 people went through that. And I think they had uh, 100 professions of faith in that. And it's a church about your size. But I say all that to say I was in there trying to capture uh, what, what was going on, so maybe put together kind of an online version of it. And so I was in there, I don't know, six or seven or eight times <laughs> watching the entire thing. And it really kind of put the Christmas story front and center for me. So I'm not a... I'm not a pastor, so I don't get a chance to, to preach to congregation. I don't have a congregation, and so I don't preach seasonal messages very much. Um, but here we go. So uh, <laughs> just because that, that story was kind of fresh in my mind, and it, it, you kind of say, well, it's Christmas. Are we all thinking about it? I, I think we are, but I think, uh, I don't know where you're at in your life, uh, but sometimes the busyness just overtakes us, and, you know, Christmas is something you check off, off the list, and you make sure the gifts are bought, make sure the the ham is cooked to make sure everybody doesn't kill each other at the breakfast table the day after, whatever. There's all kinds of things happening around Christmas, but to really focus in on what happened. We all know. We, we know the facts of it, but I think if we dwell on it for just a little bit tonight, I've got 
just three concepts for you and maybe some action or response that you might have to those concepts. And hopefully it's a blessing to you. So uh, we'll have a word of prayer, then we'll stand and uh, read a couple verses out of Luke. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Lord, I need you. And uh, Lord, we, we humble ourselves before you tonight. Lord, um, we do thank you for Christmas time. Lord, you tell us in your word that every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And so, Lord, we'll take that as an emphasis when we're thinking about the fact that you came in the flesh, you were born, you humbled yourself and laid aside your glory. Lord, that's something that comes from you. And we want, we want to focus in on that tonight. And we want your power. Please forgive me, cleanse me, please fill me, Lord. Please use me tonight. And I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. And bless those in attendance, maybe those watching online. Lord, we want to uplift your name. We want you to get the glory. And Lord, if there's a change or an encouragement or a strengthening in our lives, or maybe there's someone here tonight that's never received the redemption that comes because of that little baby who humbled himself and came. Maybe there's someone here tonight that needs to be redeemed. May they might trust Christ tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, let's look in Luke chapter 2. Of course, it's the Christmas story. Go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 2, and uh, we'll pick up reading in verse 8 in this part of the Christmas story. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Aren't you glad for that? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And quickly in Matthew chapter 2, if you flip over there, can I, another kind of account in the Gospels of the birth of Christ and the, the uh, things surrounding. But Matthew chapter 2, verse 2 says, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. These are the wise men speaking. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Thank you. You may be seated. The title of my message, and I'm not really a big title person, but it's Christmas, right? You know? So, um, would be Tis the Season. And you, when you think of Christmas, there's lots of things we could, tis the season to be jolly, right? I mean, that's the start of it all. Or you may say, yeah, I'm not really bit that whole jolly thing, but tis the season for homemade baked goods that really minister to me. Or tis the season of uh, family talking about politics and Uncle Fred getting out of hand. Tis the season about we talk about, you know, all of our sports analysis for the year and why the Buckeyes should have beat Michigan. Really bad, sorry. A little bit of mourning there for me. But I'm from Ohio originally. So, But uh, it is a season for a lot of different things. Tis a season for tinsel. Tis a season um, uh, for, for getting gifts and gift giving. Tis a season for fruitcake. I hope not. 
how do they still sell? Who buys fruitcake? If you're in here and you buy fruitcake, raise your hand. I'm just doing a quick, there's one. And for every one person that buys it, there's like 100 loaves that just sit there. I think they're selling it at Bucky's now. I mean, come on. But we could think of lots of different things that surround Christmas. Uh, but I want to focus in on three ideas, concepts from, from this passage of Scripture. And the first one, I think, is a little bit, um, is a little bit maybe unexpected. But I would say, tis the season for resistance. Tis the season for resistance. Now, I don't tell this to you to make you depressed, <laughs> but Christmas time isn't always a great time for every person. And some people, when they are bothered by it, they try and take everybody with them down that road. But in our story, we have the wise men who didn't do a very wise thing when they came to Herod and said, hey, where is he that is born king of the Jews? That was probably not very wise to do. Because in our story here, Herod the king heard these things. He was troubled. And then he demanded, hey, look, where's this kid going to be born? And he starts doing two and two. And his mind is like, wait, I'm King Herod. Uh, what do you mean he that is born king of the Jews? And this was not... This was not good news to him or his, or his entourage or, or the entire Roman Empire that a king was born. You know, uh, there's lots of talk about the happiness and joy that comes with Christmas, but uh, the God of this world doesn't share his worship or his leadership or his kingdom with anybody willingly. And if, if uh, you're a lost person, if you're not saved as Herod was not saved, He's on the team that wasn't too excited about Jesus coming. And that lack of enthusiasm changed into resistance. They just weren't unhappy about it, but they, they tried to resist all that was happening at Christmas time. Of course, you can see, look on down there in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2. Verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed, the wise men did, into their own country another way. That was a wise thing they did there. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there till I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Merry Christmas! The government is after the Savior, the Son of God. Uh, sometimes we kind of maybe gloss over all that these guys went through. If, if you look at, you've got to kind of flip the script. If you were Joseph and you were Mary, right? And... and Imagine the, the public pressure that appeared to these people because they were not married. They had not come together, and here she is with child. Can you imagine all that those young people, a young couple, had to go with? It already started off bad uh, because they, they wanted to tax them. So here's a young couple about to get married, and they got to go pay their taxes. I mean, that's, that's just the start to a really bad story. <laughs> you got to travel be counted, pay your taxes. Of course, there's no room. And, and then Joseph has all these things swirling around in his mind. And then the angel said, look, get down to Egypt. There's a lot of resistance happening. It wasn't just smooth sailing. So I think one of the things that my takeaway from the resistance, it is a season for resistance, it'll be a song one day, um, is expect it. Just expect it. Uh, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You know, God's like, listen, temptation's going to come. Trials are going to come. If they hate me, Jesus said, they're going to hate you. 
But sometimes we act like, oh, I can't believe it. Not everybody thinks that I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And, and everybody, everybody's against me. And boy, I'm the only Christian in my family. And there's a lot of resistance this time of year. And a lot of people kind of trying to catch me in my words to start arguments. We, we should expect it. Because the people in the Bible, Mary and Joseph and the people surrounding the Christmas story, they had a tough time. It wasn't just smooth sailing. And if you've lived beyond 15 years here on this earth, you probably had some tough times too. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I like to feel sorry for myself. Because I'm the only one that has gone through. Nobody knows the troubles that I've seen. I think that's the propensity of most of our flesh. Whether it's a fiscal difficulty, a physical difficulty, a familial difficulty, or just get up on the wrong side of the bed difficulty, or true resistance against the gospel. Herod sought the young child's life to destroy him. And then, of course, we know he went on and he realized he had been taken for a ride by the wise men, and all of the young people, two years and under, were slaughtered. I mean, you ever have, you've got kids in here. Can you imagine that happening? This is, this is the Christmas story. This is the one we get warm fuzzies about, right? Well, it's a Christmas story in the, the manger, and that was probably not exactly, you know, like the Hampton Inn, okay? And uh, he was in the barn and laid him in a manger, uh, and, and we have a lot of things, a lot of the great things happened, obviously, there. But surrounding this, it was a season of resistance. And I think we can look in the biblical pattern and we can see that anytime God was working, there was resistance. Joseph's dreams, David's song, Daniel's prayer, Nehemiah's work and vision all were met with resistance. So if God's calling you to do something, and he is, if you're a parent, a grandparent, God's calling you to lead your family in the things of the Lord. Uh, if you're a member of this church, God is calling you to do something great in Corpus Christi. Now, there may be some other people here doing some good things, and that's great, but God's called you right here, right now, to do something. Expect some resistance. It's the season for it. When we have forward progress, the resistance will come, but we shouldn't be shocked by it. We sh it should drive us to our knees. Now, boy, you know, that's when, we're, that's when we're in the best spot of our life anyways, when we're in our knees, calling out to God, saying, God, I can't do it. And he's like, finally, finally, you realize you're right about that. You can't. But all power is given unto me. You go. And I'll be with you. And his presence and his power can meet any need that we may have and can conquer and over, override any resistance we may experience. So tis the season for resistance. I'll write the rest of the verse later. But now a little bit more in a Christmas way. Tis the season not only for resistance, very practical thing, just expect it. But tis the season for rejoicing. Tis the season for rejoicing. Back over to Luke, if you will, chapter 2. And this is the story about our shepherds. Remember, our shepherds uh, in verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You know, these guys were very, very common people that God gave very uncommon news to. I mean, miraculous news. You know, there was a lot of people... In, in kingdoms and palaces, a lot of people in wealthy pavilions that were successful in the region in the day, and they were sitting back, had the remote on, watching the Jerusalem news, and, and the angel didn't appear to any of them. He appeared to some stinky old shepherds out in the field, and he told them the greatest news that had ever been proclaimed on planet Earth. These guys had problems. 
These guys had schedules to keep. These guys had prejudice against them. Shepherds were not exactly looked on as the highest level of society. And in the midst of all of that, he says, listen, I'm going to tell you something great. And you're going to be happy about this. You're going to be, you're going to be uh, thrilled by it. And, and we see it's exactly what happened. And they came with haste. As soon as the angel uh, went up to heaven, he's like, man, we've got to see what's happening. Is this really true? And they came with haste. They had some excitement in their life because of the proclamation that a Savior was born. The Savior has come. The Son of God is being born right here. Glory to God in the highest. They're like, man, we, we got excited about it. And then, and then, look what he says in verse 17. And when they had seen it, they went and saw the Savior. They saw Mary and Joseph. They made known abroad the saying which was told them. Concerning. So not only did they have excitement, they had evangelism. They were like ferv fervent in sharing the good news. Hey, the Savior is here. We're talking about the one that the prophets prophesied about. We're talking about the one that we've been praying for. We're living in an oppressed society. We need deliverance. We need deliverance from the Roman government. We need deliverance from sin. He's here. He's here. And, and the people, listen, they started listening. They, they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them of the shepherds. And Mary started pondering these things. And then on the way out, they had exaltation. Uh, verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, these guys that got excited about something, these guys that started evangelizing and telling everybody else about the good news, which is the gospel, these guys that started exalting him, they started lifting up the name of God and lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, these guys were the guys that had the problems, the busy schedules, and the prejudices against them. Those things were still there. But they were able to see through it because of the season. The season was one for rejoicing. And you know what? You may have some problems. You may have a really, really bad schedule. But this Christmas season, I submit to you, it's the season for rejoicing. Get excited about the facts of Jesus' birth. Get excited about the fact that he, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but everlasting life. I remember our home before Christ. I remember the arguing. I remember the fear. I remember knowing that I was headed to a place called hell. And I remember getting saved. And then I remember praying for my dad to get saved. And I remember when God did that work in my dad's life, and that changed my life forever. That's because of Christmas. That's because Jesus came. If Jesus didn't come, I would still be in my sin. My dad would still be in, my dad would be in hell tonight. My dad is in heaven tonight because of the Christmas story. My dad was six foot one, about 450 pounds. And he came, and I was next to him in church between him and mom. And we had prayed and prayed and prayed. And he started coming a little bit. But I remember, wait, during all the service, I had my eyes closed. Where's dad at? And I look, and my, my incredibly large father was kneeling. And then he trusted Christ. And then the best part was when our five foot seven pastor baptized my dad. <laughs> he came up, and this is before anybody clapped in church, like nobody clapped, like they clapped when they, they like, we didn't think you could get him up. <laughs> but that all happened because of Christmas. And I, I should take some time to think about those things this season. I want to encourage you. So resistance, tis the season for resistance, expect it. Tis the season for rejoicing, engage in it. You have to decide to relish in your mind and see through all of the Santa Claus, see through all of the tinsel and say, wow, he came. He came for me. He came for my family. 
He came for my neighbors. He came for my town. He came. He did it. He did it for me. I'm so glad he left the portals of heaven. I'm so glad he set aside his glory and humbled himself, became a man, and endured the death, the death of the cross. I'm so glad he did that. And that is the spirit of Christmas. That's the season. It's the season for resistance. It's the season for rejoicing. And then thirdly, this evening, see three points. I don't think I have a poem, but I do have three points. Thirdly, I see redemption. Look over in Luke chapter 2, and you've got basically, Jesus is eight days old. They take him to the temple. They're going to do what the law required them to do, offer sacrifice and circumcision, all these things. And sometimes it's when they name the child as well. But um, here there's a man named Simeon, and uh, there's also a lady named Anna. And basically in this exchange as they're there, Mary and Joseph are just trying to do what's, what's right to do. Um, verse 28 says this, and we're back in Luke chapter 2, verse 28. Uh, and this is Simeon. At verse 27, he says, And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus for to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. He's an elderly man. God said, you're going to be alive when my son comes. He says, let me depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Tis the season for redemption. Boy, this is the season to talk about redemption. This is the season that enabled redemption. And also in verse 38, Anna is, is uh, coming in and she did the same kind of thing. She's like, oh my word, here's the Messiah. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake unto him to all them. Again, she's sharing it with everybody who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And you may be here and you may be saying, you know, I, I was invited or, you know, I always come here. But maybe you're looking for redemption. I've got some good news. This is the season for redemption. You, this is the season where you can finalize it in your life that heaven is your home, that your sins are forgiven, uh, that the guilt is gone. This is the season for that. And you know what? We, I want you, and I think God wants you to experience it. So it's the season for resistance. Expect it. It's the season for rejoicing. Engage in it. And it's the season for redemption. Please, experience it. I think, you know, the powers of darkness and the devil, they, I think they would like it if there was no mention of Jesus Christ in the world. But I think even more they like it that everybody knows about him, but they haven't been born again. You know, just knowing the facts, it's almost better for the devil when he is cast into the lake of fire to be surrounded with people that were so close, they factually could recite, Jesus came to this earth. Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. But they never received the redemption in Jesus Christ. Today, you could be here, you could be a churchgoer, you could be a visitor. Uh, uh, you, you, this may be your first time, this may be your 500th time, but have you been redeemed? That's what Christmas is all about. And you know, the devil, again, he's, he's, he doesn't like the, you make that transition from just the facts of the gospel to the faith of the gospel. So he'll be like saying things in your heart right now. Well, you know, what will people think? Everybody thinks you're saved. Or people will, be, people will be, they'll think such bad things of you. And there is nobody in here that's going to think anything bad for anybody coming and getting born again. You know, even the angels of God rejoice when, when a sinner trusts Christ as his Savior. So I would submit to you, you need to experience the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Titus 2.14. 
uh, quickly says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He gave himself to redeem us, to buy us back. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, and at the exact time in history God wanted it to happen, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Why? So we'd have warm fuzzies and have gift exchanges at work and have those offers. Wait, no, that's not why he came. He was sent by God at the right time to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We can be a child of God because of Christmas. We can be bought back, just like Pastor talked about this morning. One unclean sinner <coughs> who's headed for hell can now live forever, can now have forgiveness, can now have no guilt, and can now possess joy by the sacrifice and resurrection of that perfect lamb, that little baby, the Lord Jesus Christ. Tis the season for redemption. I encourage you to experience it. And if you already have, I'd maybe encourage you to explain it to someone else. People just don't. And this is a great time of year. Two things are really good that we can take advantage of for the gospel. One is babies. We can go on any door here and people will be like, oh, come on in. We got that little baby Wilson. And I'm telling you, he opens all kinds of doors for us. We could talk about the gospel. We could talk about the weather. We could talk about anything because we've got a baby. The other thing is Christmas. This time of year, you can tell people, hey, do you know what Christmas is? And they might, well, yes, I do. In fact, I do. That's when Jesus was born. Yeah, and Santa Claus can't, comes around. And, and, and now you've got a wide open opportunity to explain why he came. That he came for them. That he came to redeem them and make them a peculiar people. That perfect lamb. You know, think of the idea of redemption to buy back. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in your life and, and maybe you've gotten in over your head on a financial commitment. Sometimes it's good for parents to kind of let kids do that when it's like a quarter or something. But sometimes later in life, people get in that situation. You're like, wow, you know what? The salesman just talked about my monthly payment, but I'm, I'm going to be paying on this pickup truck until I'm 82 years old. <laughs> and the miles I do a year, it's going to be 593,000 miles before I get this. And you're like, this is, and it's not a good feeling when you get in that situation. Imagine how much greater, we, we, have, we, don't, we have the inability, absolute inability to pay for our sins. And, and I liken it unto a, a child, like my little one-year-old Wilson. If he, he loves to, just to play with all kinds of things he shouldn't. And, and imagine that Wilson was in a mud puddle. And, 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 you know, he can barely feed himself, let alone anything else. He does. He's able to, uh, you know, get into messes. But he would be there in that mud puddle, and, and that little baby would just try, and I'm like, Wilson, clean up. And he maybe tries to wipe his arms off. I, I could leave him there for a month, and he wouldn't be able to clean himself up. He doesn't have the ability to clean himself up. He may try and be, be smiley with mom and make mom laugh, but he's still dirty. He's still covered in mud. He may try and crawl somewhere else, but he's still covered in mud. That's you and I, my friends. We have the inability to, to get rid of our sin. No matter how we try, we try and hide it, we try and, we try and rub it off, the sin is still there. That debt that we owe 
is still there because the wages of sin is death. But there came a sacrifice who has the ability because he's God Almighty. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And he came and gave his life. He paid our debt on the cross. And you can have eternal life, just like we could pick up Wilson and say, oh, come on, let's get you into the tub and let's, let's wash you up. And boy, now he's sparkly clean, temporarily. <laughs> but for eternity, he makes us sparkling clean because of the blood of the Lamb. We've got some things to be thankful for this Christmas. Listen, tis the season. I know it's eggnog. I know it's uh, uh, the season to be jolly and all these other things, but it's a season for resistance. I hope tonight you expect it. It's a season for rejoicing. I hope tonight you would engage in it, that you would on purpose thank God and praise his name for coming to this earth. And it's a season for redemption. I would pray that you would experience that redemption. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're in that mud puddle of sin, come tonight and, and get it taken care of. Get, get, it, get rid of it. This would be a best Christmas gift to those who love you and to your family and to your children. And for redemption, it's a season for redemption. If you already have received it, maybe you could take some time to explain it. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.